Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talking to John from Floyd Nation, you are, I think, the only Florida-based Floyd tribute band out there, correct? On a, on a national touring basis, that's correct, yeah. Because there are obviously a number of great... Um, Floyd tribute acts. You've got the Australian Pink Floyd. You've got Brit Floyd. Are you guys essentially the U.S. Floyd then? Uh, yeah, I, I guess you can consider us that. That we're we are the one of the only national touring Pink Floyd bands out there right now. So, and and where are you guys from here in Florida? It's just um, east of like the Naples area. So, believe it or not, all of our members. Well, while we're located. The owners of the band are located, the, the primary members on the band are located between Venice and Naples. And then we also have uh, backing vocalists that are up in the Orlando area. Uh, one of our backing vocalists has actually lives in Oregon now. Uh, our sound engineers in Atlanta, our production manager is in the uh, Asheville, North Carolina area. So we're, we're pretty regional of south, south, the southeast. Well, that's cool. I was noticing, I think the town that it has you guys listed at is one of those smaller areas that's not actually in the big city. And I was like, man, all they had to do in high school was to put Pink Floyd on with them headphones and enjoy it, right? Because there's nothing much else to do in your city. Well, speak about smaller towns, man, especially in rural communities. You know, we've got a, a Pink Floyd van that we drive around a lot. And kind of running through the neighborhood, we see the eyeballs roll especially in the country where they kind of roll their eyes and say, oh, God, there goes the neighborhood, right? <laughs> <laughs> if they're actually rolling their eyes at Pink Floyd, it's like, come on, it's 2023. Pink Floyd isn't that uh, crazy anymore. The wild thing is, is that the studio that we rehearse in is in Alba, Florida. It's a million-dollar recording studio, and very few people know about it out there, but it's such, such a great place to go, get out in the country, refresh, breathe some fresh air, and just jam out. You know, it's great. So what got you personally into Floyd? What uh, age were you when you first discovered him? And, and was it like a brother or a sibling or cousin that turned you on? Oh, man, I'd love to hear what you say about yourself. But I was eight years old. How about you? I believe I was about six. And the first time I heard Another Brick in the Wall, part two on the radio, We Don't Need No Education, we moved. We were in a small town in West Texas, and my mom always thought we should listen to country music because it was more wholesome. But as soon as I heard yeah. We Don't Need No Education, I was a rock guy, and I've never looked back. My mom was an opera singer growing up, so we had to listen to, like, easy listening music in the 70s. <laughs> and my, my uncle my uncle felt so sorry for me that he, he slipped me a, a copy of the Wall album. And so I had this Fisher-Price record album <laughs> that I hid in my closet. So when mom was down practicing her stuff, I'd slide into the closet and throw on the Wall album and listen to the Wall album just nonstop. I wore that thing out. And then came Dark Side of the Moon and Metal and then Animals and then Adam Hart Mother and then, you know, the real good stuff in the early days. Oh, yeah. And, uh, every, I just been hooked my, hooked my whole life, though. Hooked my whole life. So when you started having your fun experimental times in high school slash college, did you get to revisit those Floyd albums on a completely different level like most people? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, you know, I was in the military, so... I always say that 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 box album had the lady with a water spout on it with Floyd back in the early 90s. 
that box album is the thing that got me through the military. I listened to that nonstop. I don't know if you can wear CDs out, but I think I did. But that was, <laughs> those were great times to sit through and listen to that music. So have you, because uh, I know some of the other touring acts have been able to actually perform even for David Gilmore. Have you had any connection with the original members of Floyd being one of the bigger acts out there? So we haven't ever had connections with Waters or Gilmore, and I'll say yet. I, I think we might at some point. But I know that um, our, our synthesizer player, Bob Harris, we have a friendship with Durga McBroom, who was one of the backing vocals, Lorelai, her sister. Uh, so they actually toured with Pink Floyd during uh, in the 90s, late 80s, uh, early 90s. So we have had some touches with people who've been affiliated. Uh, Howie Hoffman, who was uh, one of their directors of stuff during the Division Bell Tour and the Momentary Lapse Tour. So we've had some connections to those folks. And, of course, we've had uh, sound engineers over the years, uh, over the last couple of years, come up to us and say, hey, man, we were the guys that were responsible for setting up the stage and running the sound and, you know, different venues. for." So we've, we've run into a lot of really cool people who've been attached to the project uh, when it was going big, you know, back in the back in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Well, that's really cool, especially those sound engineers yeah. coming up. I and mean, if you can nail that Floyd sound, and people think it's easy to do, but it's, you know, there's a lot of tricks, especially with Gilmore's guitar playing, for sure. Oh, I'm telling you, man, like the guy that was running their, their North American Division Bell tour for quite a while, and he was one of the one of the sub-engineers on the sound consoles because they were using some big stuff back then. He literally came up after our show we were doing here locally when we first got started just about a year, a little over a year ago, and he shook our sound engineer's hand and he said, my God, that was it. And that's all I had to hear. It was just, you know, we're on, to, we're on the right path as soon as we start getting accolades like that that early. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, your stage show. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah. do you have a big truck or a trailer that you get to pack all the lights and, and fog, and do you have lasers and all that? Yeah, sometimes we'll drag a semi-truck around. Sometimes we'll load it up on just larger box trucks. But we definitely roll in with a pretty substantial light and laser show. You know, when we come into Ruth Eckerd next weekend, it's going to be a, a pretty upgraded version than what a lot of our fans have seen even to date. So every every show that we do, we're trying to add on a little bit more, a little bigger, a little more Floyd feel to it, uh, but still not distract so much from the performance of the band, which is just spectacular. Yeah, because that was one of the things that Pink Floyd was always known for is you weren't really there to see the members of the band play as much as you were there to experience the entire surround sound and vision that they put on. Exactly. We we feel that as hardcore fans of the music ourselves, all of us that perform on stage, there's 10 of us, all of us are fanatical Floyd fans. And when we perform it, Every single day that we play that music on stage, it feels like the very first day. And it, it comes through in our performance in a way that touches our fans. We don't want to hide ourselves in the dark because we want to share that, that excitement and that passion and that energy every time we perform with our fans that are out there. They get it. They dig it. Man, you go into our fan club on Facebook and you can see what a real fan club is supposed to be like. It's like a party in there. You know, we kind of got a little bit of a cult following about four or five thousand people, and our Facebook page is about ten thousand. And as we keep growing over the next several years here, it's just going to go exponential, exponential at this point. 
So are you guys doing something to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon on this leg? Are you doing just a whole bunch of different Floyd stuff? What's the the general uh, show going to be like? You know, if you're playing Pink Floyd, you're celebrating Dark Side of the Moon every single time you perform. True. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we can, we can acknowledge the fact that the, this is the 50th anniversary this year, obviously. But any Floyd band that's out there not playing pretty much the whole album anyway um, is probably doing a disservice to the crowd. So we're going to hit on every hit normally. Uh, coming up at Ruth Eckerd, we're switching things out a little bit. We're not going to do the entire we, – we never do the entire album in a show usually – um, we're, we're, we'll take the, the best of what we feel the best is of the show. Uh, coming up, we're, we've, we're actually going to be diving a little bit deeper into Shine On, the second part of Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which has a really cool jam section in Shine On Part 8. Uh, so we're going to be, we move some stuff around from show to show to keep it fresh uh, for people in the audience. I remember uh, when I was first ter- teaching myself how to play guitar, I figured out by ear how to play those intro chords to run like hell off the wall. And that's just always fun for me to play because it just makes me feel like, oh, wow, I learned something from Pink Floyd. What is one of the most fun songs for you to play in the in the entire Pink Floyd catalog? Oh, man, no question, 100% dogs. All right. I, I'm a, And I'm, I'm the guy on the stage that, you know, you'll see me if you come out to the show – um, I've got a big beard. I'm not your typical Floyd-looking guy on stage, but I'm the auxiliary percussionist. I play sax and I play lap steel guitar. So I'm I'm doing percussion on dogs. But man, these guys—they're smoking hot version of this song when we start, especially in the jam section in the middle. But dogs is such this epic, you know, under just under 20 minute long presentation of some of the best flavor that Floyd ever put out back in the 70s, man. And uh, to hear them do dogs on stage, it just brings a smile. Even though I'm not a huge part of that song, except for on percussion, man, it brings a smile to my face every time we do it. That is a long-ass jam that you guys are pulling out if you're doing the entire almost 20 minutes on stage. I mean, that's epic. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get your cell phone after this. I'm going to text you a a bootleg version that we recorded at one of our our pre-shows, and it's going to knock your socks off. It's unbelievable. So we're going to be doing that at Ruth Eckert Hall on a pre-show VIP only. We're not going to play that during the normal show just because it takes up too many other songs. But uh, for the folks that get there early and they do the VIP package, they're going to enjoy uh, Pigs on the Wing and Dogs pre-show. Wow, that'll be really cool for those uh, early VIP people, man. I can't wait for this show. Um, I've never been able to see Pink Floyd live. I did get to see Roger Waters, though, which is just about as close as as I can get. Um, Oh, are you going to do, or do you guys like to do any of this stuff off the later? I mean, you were talking Division Bell and Momentary Lapse of Reason. Do you touch on the non-Roger Waters, just David, Nick, and Rick stuff? Man, we love we love momentary lapse division bell. We're going to sprinkle in the best of the best throughout all the catalogs throughout all the years, and we want we want everyone that comes to our show right now to understand the the depth of precision and the accuracy and authenticity that we're we're bringing to the stage, um, and the the excitement and the engagement that we get out of performing those to everybody. So we're touching every generation that comes to the show, from you know your the people that were around in the early seventies. Um, all the way through that were fans in the 90s, like probably you and me, right? Yeah. The momentary Lapse of Division Bell came out. Those were kind of our albums. But we, we touch on everything. And by the end of the day, even non-Floyd fans are going to leave Floyd fans from our shows. 
I always figured if I was ever to be able to do a, a get on stage and do some Pink Floyd covers, one slip would probably be a crowd favorite just because of the super high energy in that song, I think, just always makes me happy. It feels uplifting personally. Fantastic song as well. Just like Take It Back is one of our favorites, too. Yeah. Um, very uplifting. It doesn't get into that darkness of the Wall album. Uh, the Darkness of the Animals album. you you got to sprinkle in some of those songs that make people feel good. Do you have any really cool collectible Pink Floyd merch? I bring this up because I got um, a very rare, I think rare copy. It's a 45 single of When the Tigers Broke Free that wasn't on the Wall album, but was from the Wall movie. And I got a 45 of that, so I'm like, ah, it's my coolest thing in the world. Do you have anything like that for Floyd? Cool. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of uh, concert posters from the Animals Tour. I got a couple T-shirts. I've uh, got a yeah, a couple couple really cool things uh, from from the Floyd area. Sign, signed photos and, and that kind of. Who doesn't? If you've been a Floyd fan your whole life, right? Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me, and I can't wait to see you guys on the seventeenth at Ruth Eckerd Hall with Floyd Nation. Man, super excited. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.